Dr. Marketing Tips, paging Dr. Marketing Tips. Dr. Marketing Tips, you're needed in the marketing department. Welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast, your prescription to the answers you seek to grow your medical practice easier, better, and faster. This show is all about connecting practice administrators and medical marketing professionals with peers working in practices, learning from experiences, making mistakes, and sharing successes. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Dr. Marketing Tips podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Jennifer. And today we wanted to take a few minutes and discuss something that not necessarily relates specific to uh, medical practices, but something that we're we're seeing a lot of as it comes to um, employment and entry-level jobs specifically. Yeah, so there's this massive report that McKinsey Global Institute put out Basically, it's saying that um, as a growing share of industries are starting to embrace automation, that some 14.7 million workers under the age of 34 are going to face job displacement by 2030. And many of the positions that have historically served as a first entry into the working world, like those kind of jobs where uh, maybe in retail or food service, those are especially vulnerable, potentially depriving young people from gaining those soft skills um, that you get from that entry-level work. I know for me, Corey, had I not been a food service person or a waitress, I would not be where I am today because it forced me to develop conversation skills and to understand the basics of customer service. So um, companies might need to start looking at new ways to help develop these kind of soft skills because the people that are going to be coming through aren't going to have them necessarily. And so what McKinsey is suggesting is maybe looking at apprenticeships, investing in new hires by teaching them these um, soft skills and these higher level soft skills from day one. And so there's lots of conversations around this, and I think it's a trend that we should start really paying attention to because it's about to translate into medical. Yeah, I think everyone should have to do some sort of like food service job. What was at yours? Point. Uh, I worked at Chili's. I was a server and a busser. How long did that last? Uh, way too long. No, um, it was like <laughs> six or seven months or so. But it taught me, like you said, you, you do learn a lot of valuable soft skills and you also learn patience and how to communicate and problem solve. And it just sort of, it changes your perspective. It absolutely does. I think that, I think from a hiring standpoint, like it's so important to find out what did people do when they were young. Mm-hmm. I worked at Taco Bell in high school. I drove a lunch wagon. My family had what they used to refer to as roach coaches. Yeah. And my family had like a fleet of them. My mother did. And in the summers, I would drive these things and I would be back there cooking food, driving a van that sometimes would break down, adding money up and, and dealing with that every day and, and manual labor. And then I worked in restaurants all through college and you know did those types of things. And it just prepares you for whatever it is you're going to tackle. Yeah, absolutely. So soft skills, what is a soft skill? So basically that's an attribute that enables someone to interact effectively and harmoniously with other people. That's what we're talking about when we say soft skills. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, you can probably think about someone you know, either in your office or someone that you've worked with in the past that has none of those soft skills. And and maybe that's a physician and maybe it's, you know, just like it's a front desk person or MA, what have you. We see 
a, a lot of times we focus on um, online reviews and reputation management for our clients. And one of the prevailing complaints is that someone was rude. It's a physician or someone at the front desk or billing or whatever the case may be. And it's because they lack those soft skills that someone, it forces someone, they get mad enough to go online and complain about it so that their voice is heard because they're so frustrated with the experience that they just had at the practice. Well, yeah. And like, we've got the, we've got a practice that we're meeting with later today and we did an evaluation. Danielle did a full sentiment evaluation of 900 of their reviews that they've gotten online. And of those 900, the top two complaints, there were three complaints overall in that trend. One, the number one was that the doctor was rude, which is interesting because I guess sometimes doctors can be rude, but really like that personal relationship with the physician is typically where we see the highest rating. So we that's like a red flag. And then the two, second one is something related to the staff not being efficient or calling them back fast or, you know, them being rude. And then the third was, you know, patients kind of complaining that questioning their diagnosis. And we think that's related to the fact that it's an older population. And as I get older, I get a little crankier. So I question a lot more things. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, too, because out of all of the the complaints, I think it's uh, like two or, or three of the, the physicians um, specifically in regard to being rude, they're all younger, which I, I yeah, thought I think was that's it. surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'm curious if you're listening to this and you have some younger docs that are getting that same type of feedback, if you have any insight into why we'd love to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, so we have one of our other trainings. So we, when we rolled out the training solution, our on-demand solution, we have coupled it with like in-person workshops because we find that when you're doing on-demand training, it's more effective when you have an in-person element that goes with it. So one of our trainings is, one of our series of, of educational tracks is on communication across generations. And we are seeing that you, know, you have to understand, not only do you need soft skills, but you need to understand that your communication tactics are gonna be different across those different generations. And so I think that's interesting to point out that some of the doctors who are being labeled as rude with this one practice are the younger doctors because I will often think that somebody is being rude to me because they're not looking me in the eye or they only wanna text me instead of talk to me and people no longer want to have that face-to-face interaction but it's typically a generational thing and the people leaving these reviews I have a sense are a little bit older and they just need to be communicated in with a different in a different way yeah well I mean if you think about um, like one of the examples in that the the training course that we have I think it applies here too it's you know if you're someone calls and they need directions to your office for an appointment if you assume that that person is 25, you can you don't really have to give them directions because you know that they'll just Google it or figure it out. If they're 75, you may have to explain it in a very different way and use you know landmarks and actually sort of hold their hand a little bit more and kind of like walk them through that. And not because they're not capable or anything. It's just because that you know if, if they ask for directions, you know if if you told me to go Google something, I'd be like okay, and I wouldn't think anything about it. But mm-hmm. if I was a little bit older and you said the same thing to me, I would think that you're being rude and short and you don't want to talk to me. Absolutely. So it's just a matter of how you communicate. I feel I feel like we have to give a plug for the training because you know for less than a hundred dollars per year f- per employee, 
you can train your employees on what these soft skills might be and how to communicate with patients and coworkers that are of different generations. And I think that's such, I mean, every conference that we've been to this year, every medical conference, I feel like we're talking more and more about like how to hire across generations, how to retain employees that are across generations, but it's not necessarily translating to training our employees on these key differences. And they are, are there are some real key differences. Right. So let's go into how this McKinsey report is talking about automation, but specifically, you know, we're not expecting automation to take over medical practices, but I think there's a certain level of expectation when it comes to automation that our practices should be aware of. So what are one or two things that we should pay attention to? Yeah. So as we were saying, these, um, these jobs in retail and food service, let's say that some of these entry level jobs start to go away. So like the employees will not have some level of these, uh, soft skills of what we were talking about. And as that starts to happen and it becomes mainstream outside of medical, patients are going to expect a certain level of automation, um, specifically in like larger markets, when they go to your practice. That can be something like a self-check-in where they can just sort of walk in and there's an iPad or something and they they type in whatever and then they go sit down and someone just comes out and, and calls them. Another thing that we're seeing is in regards to uh, automation on a patient side. Um, there's some exciting stuff that's that's coming when it in regards to text messaging. And I was talking to a practice uh, yesterday, I believe it was. I had a meeting uh, with an ophthalmology practice, and and he was saying um, that there's a there's a text service where essentially what happens is you're enrolled in this sort of automatic text and then depending on what your procedure is it will prep you prior to the surgery and then following the surgery and what that does for for his office specifically is one it provides a better level of care two it will um, reduce phone calls to the office so everything there can run a little bit smoother and three the patients report that uh, they they feel like they were provided with exceptional care because there was always you know a reminder or something handy because everyone has their smartphone on them and you sort of expect that level at this point. Yeah, and I think it 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 applies to patients and their expectations, but I think it also applies to employees, especially Absolutely. to new hires. So you know, from an automation standpoint, if you've got folks that are coming out of school. And the McKenzie report kind of dives into this. And there's a lot of conversation about this report on social media, on LinkedIn. And so, like, it's interesting to hear some of the stories of the younger folks who said, like, look, I couldn't find that entry-level job. So I had to hustle and do all these different gigs in order to make, like, piecemeal it together. And then five years after I graduated college, I finally landed something that I'm going to consider, you know, maybe a career path. And so because there's this gig economy and there's this different, like, just the definition of work is a little bit different, different now mm-hmm. that you know you've got employees that are coming in and they're used to using certain automation and communication tools so as a medical practice if you're operating on some old ass microsoft you know windows platform computer that doesn't have speakers 
and you've got employees that are coming in and they're used to basically doing everything on a thousand dollar smartphone or a brand new Mac and they're used to using Slack to have communication and they're used to you know these different kind of communication tools you can't take that 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 square peg and fit it into a round hole that it's always worked for you if you do that you're not going to attract the best and the brightest or you're not even going to attract the ones that are going to stick around for more than three weeks because you can't expect them to go backwards 25 years in communication when they've been used to kind of jumping from one thing to the next and letting utilizing technology to work for them yeah i mean everybody wants a shiny new toy right you know so it and if like you said they're using older technology that one it's going to frustrate them because they don't know how to use Mm -hmm. it especially if it's slow Um, i was talking to a foot and ankle surgeon uh, i think it was last week and she was trying to pull up an MRI on a Microsoft tablet, like a newer tablet, like it wasn't mm-hmm. old, but she was, she eventually got so frustrated, she wound up like throwing it on the on the table and was like, this is criminal how slow this is. Think about how, how slow this, um, how this affects how I can provide care to patients because I have to wait on this stupid thing yes. to load every single day. And think about if and, and that's just the doctor. Right. Think about all the support team that's responsible for making the doctor look good. Exactly. And that slows down everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's hard to not only I, I attract and retain you know, people in the front or the MAs, what have you, but all the way up to the physicians too. I mean, they get frustrated by that stuff too, just like everybody else. And I think there's something to be said about, um, I mean, I know that there's a lot of patchwork when it comes to you know finding the right kind of automation or technology tools Absolutely. for medical practices, but there's no there's no reason not to figure it out because we we talk about this internally all the time. We may not have a perfect technology solution that's going to automate and make it seamless across the board for certain projects that we work on, but darn skippy we're going to find a way to get some duct tape out and duct tape a couple of solutions together and find a way to make them work together in order to make it seamless for the patient for the provider or for the employee and you know a lot of times you got to fake it till you make it and you know you got to be willing to try some new technology in order to make your your employees happy to make things run more efficient and really to satisfy the, the kind of evolving needs of patients and the expectation yeah, and I mean, just think, you know, if you're 2% more efficient, does that mean that one of your providers can see another patient or two? And does that mean that, you know, someone at the call center can make four or five more calls in a day? Like how, by doing either some sort of new technology or maybe it's an automation, maybe it's just, you know, being um, a little bit more flexible in your communication, whatever the case may be those small changes, you know, maybe they can add up to a big difference. Absolutely. And I think, you know, and we can kind of end it here, but one tool that we've been using more and more of is a tool called Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R. And Zapier helps us automate some of the things that we're doing and um, helps us automate some of the things for our practice. Why don't you explain what that is, Corey? Yeah. So it's basically a way where you can sort of string things together without any coding knowledge. So for example, you could say, have a Google sheet set up in the back end of your office. And every time a field is entered or changed on the Google sheet, it sends a notification to Jill at the front. It just sends like a little email notification. So rather than having Jill log in and look at the sheet twice a day or have to set a reminder to go look at it once a week or whatever, uh, she can just get a notification 
when something changes and there's no coding involved. It's, it's you just sent going to Zapier and saying, okay, when this happens over here, I want this other thing to happen over here. And then you test it and you hit go and you're yeah, off and, and running. Example like so that we rolled it out is, so we have a practice that's pretty large, 330, 340 employees, and they use our training platform. So what the way we were doing it is when they would hire new people or fire people, they would um, send us an email and we would input that employee's information into the system and then it would automatically send the new employee login credentials along with the first module for their employee handbook. They took their 87-page employee handbook, broke it into five digital training modules that are 10 minutes apiece, and then they have little tests so that the employee, the new hire, has to verify that they understand what's in the employee handbook and they understand their vis- vision, mission, values, things of that nature. So we got tired of doing this because they've, you know, they're in a hot market, and so they have a lot of turnover. And so we built a little form online, and now we sent that form to the HR department. HR department gets somebody new, they enter in the information, and then we like built a zap in there, which is kind of like the lingo for using Zapier. So we built a zap, and then every time the um, HR manager puts it in there, we get bypassed so we don't have to do any more work. It automatically adds them to the system, and the, to- the whole thing is automated. Um, I'm not cutting Corey out by automating his, his job, but the fact is I freed up probably an hour of time on somebody on his team per week who would have just gone in there and had to do this manually. Now it's an automated process. Zapier is a game changer. Um, not necessarily if you're dealing with PHI, but there's things in your office that you can that you could definitely automate using a tool like Zapier. Yeah, and they um, so they have a lot of what's called recipes, and they will already have these things sort of made up, and you just have to plug in your credentials and tell it what you what you want it to do. So in the example that Jen was talking about, when the HR department fills out this form behind the scenes, it actually takes care of like six different things just by the HR person hitting submit. So Absolutely. It's fantastic. So that's good stuff. I mean, you could set that up where you have a new hire, you put them into the training, it automatically sends an email to somebody over in another department. It could roll out like their onboarding document. I mean, there's so many things. It, yeah, it's endless really. There's a way to automate a lot of things, but there's well, you can't automate our soft skills. And I think that's where we need to end it today. Um, I've got some great soft skills. I don't know that I have hard skills, but I got some good soft ones. <laughs> and we'll go with that. I'm Jennifer. I'm Corey. We'll see you next time on the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast. Thanks a bunch. Thanks for listening to the DrMarketingTips.com podcast. If there's anything from today's show you want to learn more about, check out DrMarketingTips.com for our podcast resource center with all the notes, links, and goodies we mentioned during the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our show, please consider pressing the subscribe button on your podcast player so you never miss one of our future episodes. And if you haven't given us a rating or review yet on iTunes, please find a spare minute and help us reach and educate even more of our medical practice peers. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Doctor's Orders.